So this morning we'll continue and I will take the text from the book of Ruth, Ruth chapter 1, and we'll read from 1 to 22. That is the chapter 1, the whole chapter 1. The, like I was saying a few weeks ago, I introduced this topic, understanding the time and the season. And the text then was taken from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, 1, 8. And the main message of the book of Ecclesiastes is that the key to life is not life itself. Pleasure, materialism, wisdom, and wealth are all futile and folly. They say that true happiness comes from centering our lives on Christ, not on ourselves. Verse 1 states that all manner, all the circumstances we go through in life are not by accident, but orchestrated and allowed by God for greater purpose. The book also encourages us to enjoy, to enjoy our vain life and activities to the fullest. The book also acknowledges that if we could understand why things happen, difficult circumstances will be easier dealt with. Ecclesiastes helps us to understand that the ups and downs of lives are normal and part of God's plan and that we must keep an eternal perspective without having all the answers. We are also reminded that there is a purpose and order behind everything, and that purpose and that order has been ordained by God. Understand the times and seasons simply implies having divine insight into the mind of God regarding a particular time or period in his heavenly calendar. And this is called the gift of discernment. And it is valuable even in time of uncertainty. The sad reality is most of us believe believers are so preoccupied with our personal and daily lives that we fail to properly discern the mind of God in relation to that specific circumstances, that situation that may refuse to go away no matter how hard we have prayed. I was going through when I was just preparing the message, I went to our web, the Connect, and uh, there is something that um, Luzier posted there, which says, God is saying it to you today. Remember these four things. I will make a way for you. I'm fighting for your, I'm fighting your battles. I will provide for you. Trust 
my timing. It is not just ordinary promise. It's the promise that God made, even for you. Four things. He will make way for you. He will fight your battle. He will provide for you. And yours is just to trust, trust his timing. When I saw this, you know, it's kind of um, in consonance with the message today. So this morning we are going to look into the book of Ruth in relation to the family of Elimelech and how their understanding of time and season impacts their lives. Please go with me to the book of Ruth chapter 1 from 1 to 22. Now it came to pass in the day when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilon, Ephratites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left, and her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of, women of Moab, and the name of the one was Opa, and the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Then both Malon and Chilion also died. So the woman survived her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord has visited his people by giving them bread. Therefore she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her, mothers, to, uh, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to, your, to her mother's house. The Lord deals kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grants that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said to her, surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, turn back my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. 
If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourself from having husband? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Opa kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone, gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death part you and me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the woman said, the women said, is this Naomi? But she said to them, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara. For the Lord, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth, the Moabites, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the belly harvest. Praise the Lord. Well, the, excuse me, the book of Ruth, it has two sides, one dark side and one sunny side. And it is the only two books, one of the two books that the Bible named after a woman. It narrates the beautiful story of love, loyalty, and redemption. Through her relationship with her mother-in-law, Naomi, Ruth came into knowledge of the living God and thus become his devoted follower. She abandoned her family and homeland and demonstrated both her love for her widowed mother-in-law and her faith in the God of Israel. Her faith was well-placed, for God not only provided for her, he also placed her in a Messianic family line. But chapter 1, where we've just read, narrates the unfortunate adventure of the family of Elimelech, an account of prodigality and heartbreaking of Naomi in the land of Moab. 
uh, to, to start with, the decision Elimelech take was just something that any family can take such decision in a situation they found themselves. But before we go into details, just want to, there are a few things we need to understand and to explain. First of all, um, the Moab, the land of Moab, Moab is located east of the Dead Sea. The Moabites were the descendants from Lot as a result of his incestuous relationship with, her, with his old daughter. If you go with me to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 19. Genesis 19, verse 30 to 37. The descendant of Lot. Then Lot, Lot went out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountains, and his two daughters were with him, for he was afraid to dwell in Zoar. And he and his two daughters dwell in a cave. Now the firstborn said to the younger, our father is old, and there is no man on earth to come into us, as is the custom of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve the lineage of our father. So they made their father drink wine that night, and the first one went in and lay with her father, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. It happened on the next day that the first said to the younger, Indeed, I lay with my father last night. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. And you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve the lineage of our father. Then they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him. And he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Thus both daughters of Lot's were with child in their by their father. The firstborn, the firstborn boy son, and called his name Moab. He is the father of Moabites to this day. And the younger, she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. Ben he is the father of the people of Ammon to this day. And just a background of where this family found themselves in. Now, they were living in a place, a country, a place, blessed where that God said flow with milk and honey. And indeed, it was a blessed place. But because there was a famine, 
they decided to migrate. There is nothing wrong with that. People take such decisions. But one problem there is, in a situation like that, did you pray? Did you ask God, do you know the mind of God for that particular issue, for that famine? Why was there famine at that time, at that particular time? And why did God allow it, knowing that people will suffer, that it will affect so many lives? Why did God allow it at that particular time? Sometimes we look at our circumstances. We only, we only confront it physically. We don't pay attention to the spiritual meanings, the reasons why God placed that situation at that particular time. That's always mistake. I don't, I don't know whether to call it mistakes, or that's always like Christians. When a situation is not going our way, instead of asking God, why is this? Why is it this way? What do you say and how do we go about it? We make some decisions on our own without consultations. And that's because we do not understand the time and the season. We do not, see, no, we do not know the mind of God. We do not see the mind of God and his thought in that particular situation. And that's why we got it wrong in most time, most of the times. This is exactly what happened to Elimelech. It was hard for, for them, just like every other one. And as a good father, he thought about his family and decided that they should move. But that movement, as we see here, it caused them more than whatever the famine would have done to them. So in, this, in life, we should learn. We should learn to see God first in everything, no matter how hard the situation might be, no matter the level of attack, no matter how high the mountain might be, we need to seek God first. What is your purpose for this? Why am I facing this situation? Why is it not working? Because sometimes, through failure, God catapults us to a higher level. He changed us, even through the situations. Now, another thing we, we ought to note is having understanding of the time and the season. These guys, uh, this family, they know God. They know the scripture. They know what God can do. But we start by the name. The name. Abimelech, or sorry, Elimelech. 
the name of the two sons. His name, Elimlech, it means God is king. That means he recognized the sovereignty of God. Even his name testified to that. But the name of his sons, one, Malon, and Chilon, mean the first one is sickly. And the second one is failing. So the name alone does not speak well of some people that has directions. He gave he has a very good name that acknowledged the sovereignty of God. But he gave a kind of names to his children that does not tally with where they are coming from, what they believe in. Somebody that's called sickly and the other one failing. Where are they going in life? What is the purpose? What is their purpose in life? So, as we progress, we will know maybe because of their name, they could not survive. But it's a, it's a lesson and a warning to us parents. We should understand the name we give to our children. Sometimes we don't know the spiritual impact names can also bear on us. It is our identity, how you introduce yourself determine how people accept you or look at you. If you come in and introduce yourself as, as sickly, as failing, and we are talking about some, you know, success, progress, and you introduce your name, introduce yourself as failing, they will look at you twice. Name is important. They got so many things wrong. Number one, they did not consult God before they take their decision. Also, the names testify to what will happen, what will happen in future. So what happened is that, verse one, it said, it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. The event of the Book of Ruth took place before the establishment of the monarchy in Israel. The judges were God's servants who established the teachings of God's law and righteousness during a time of political, spiritual, and moral degeneracy. And the story shines as a bright spot during a dark age 
in Israel's history. Now, I have told, we have talked about the uh, Moab, what it, where it originated from and the location. We have looked at the, the names of the children. Now, due to the famine, Elimelech, whose name means God, God is king, journeyed to Moab with his wife and the two sons. The early deaths of these two sons in Moab shows that their names were appropriate. As verse 5 says, Now, the, the name of the Moabites, which is Roots, it means friendship. And while the Lord of Moses did not prohibit Israelite, Israel men from marrying Moabites, it did exclude Moabites from the congregation of Israel for 10 generations. Number one, these people, is like they were not really accepted. They married from a cost land because they found themselves also in a cost land. Decision making, our decision making, first of all, we need to consult God to give us direction, to give us insight of where we are going to or what we, are, what we want to do. But when we do it on our own, we make a lot of mistake. And that mistake, in most cases, it works against us. It's injurious to us. Now, that was the first uh, uh, period, the first period and the second period. The first period is when the famine is, uh, uh, when there was famine and they did not understand. They did not know the reason why God allowed this famine to be. And they make their decisions. And these decisions, number one, it cost their lives, most, mostly. Elimelech died in, in Moab. The two sons, they married, they died also in, in Moab. Now in the second season, and which it says, verse 6, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return to the country of Moab, uh, from the, return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord has visited his people by giving them bread. <coughs> Sorry. I don't know whether she prayed about this as well, but she heard that things have changed in her country, in Bethlehem, that God is blessing the, the people. This information was given to her in Moab, and she decided to go back home. 
Now, remember, she came in full with the husband and two children. Now, left with her was two daughters-in-laws. And she wanted to go back to, to her roots. Whether she prayed over it or she did not, but this is the second season, the second time and the season that she really need to understand. And thank God she may have got this one right. She may have prayed over it because she took the decision. And as we progress in this book of Ruth, we'll see that this decision was a very good one. But the question remains, as God through Ruth, God established her in the, uh, in the Messianic um, lineage, would it not have been through Naomi's own daughter, I mean children? Because Ruth, at the end of the day, married to another person, which is not the, which is a, a relation to Naomi. But would, it, would their decision not take them away from what God planned for them? Because the plan of God was for them to be in this lineage. But by taking that decision, somehow it wasn't them, the Limelech family, 100%. So we'll look into that as time goes on. But the whole thing here is we really need to understand. We really need to understand what God is saying at a particular time. We really need to know his mind at a particular time. What is he saying about these circumstances? What is, he, what is his plan? by allowing so-so-and-so thing to happen. It could be sickness. It could be relationship. It could be anything. Do you understand why it is working the way it is? Do you understand why it's not going well? We mentioned about the war in Israel currently going on. Netanyahu declared war. And this is not the first time. It has been their lives. But I'm, I believe God has a purpose for this. I believe that things are going to change. It's not going to be lost of lives just for in vain. Things are going to change in Israel. So we look at all the things that are going on. We look, about, we look at the way the, the world is going, the direction they are going. Does it mean God has no purpose? There is reason why God allowed these things to, all that is playing out. There is reason why God allowed them to play out. But the question is, do we understand it? Do we have the mind of God? Do we see the mind of God into this? Because we can complain, we can pray, 
But if we do not understand completely the direction God is leading us, we will always get it wrong. We'll complicate ourselves and make things more difficult than it should be. If God is speaking to you this morning about your circumstances, about that prayer, about that issue that keep on coming back, that refuse to go, ask God why. Why? Why is this? Why would this refuse to go? God has plans and purposes for each and every one of us. But do we have the spiritual insight to see the result, to know where God is leading us to? It is very, very important. So, Naomi returned to Bethlehem with her daughter-in-law. And this, uh, by leaving, by leaving Moab, Moab could be anything, any negative thing in your life that God is asking you to leave behind. It could be that toxic relationship. It could be that habits. It could be anything that is not well with God and yourself, and God is calling you to live at this moment, that could be your Moab. In life, we have plenty of Moabs in our lives. We need to identify them and begin to move, leave them behind. Go back to God. Go back to what God, where originally God wants us to be what he really wants to do for us. So, what is that more you have in your life? That's number one question. Do you hear God calling you to return? If God is calling you to return, if God is calling you to leave that more behind, do not hesitate to do that. And I want to assure us that today is the right time to start packing and go back. Go back to that place that God wants you to be. Go back to that job that God wants you to have. Back to that relationship that God originally wants you to be, be, be in. So many, we have so many Moabs in our lives. We need to identify it. 
We need to identify it. How do we do this? It's through prayer. Go to God in prayer. He will reveal to you so many. God, when he speaks or when he calls, he also enables. He cannot call or uh, order and leave you behind. He will always provide for you. Let us go back to our Bethlehem, Judah, a blessed place, and leave behind Moab, a cursed place. For we've been dwelling there for a very long time. And when we, call, when we count the cost, it's so much, so huge, that it doesn't worth it. Father Lord, we thank you. We bless your name. We ask you this morning, O oh Lord, to reveal to us our more. Reveal to us and help us to get out of it. Draw us closer today. Bring us back today, O oh Lord, for you are able to do all things. Blessed be your name. Amen.